Broski here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week are my good friends, Ek Two Fly, Eric Trembicki, uh, Prep Degon Jr., Josh Prep Iguina, and Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. Well, we call him Alo. That is not what the ladies call him. <laughs> Anybody know what the ladies call Alo? Rumored to be Bela. Okay. I, I, I thought I heard that. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the show before, but that is what I thought. Uh, so this week, uh, I am actually post-surgery. Uh, so we are taking the week off. We do not have a Money in the Bank review show. We're doing just some general conversation uh, just to get some content out this week so we don't have a week off. Alo suggested us doing a top ten most underrated wrestlers of all time, and so that is what we decided to do with this week off. So does anybody want to kick it off first? Well, I just wanted to say mm-hmm. um, wrestling subjective, uh, we, as we always know, and I picked this list because I think we're all going to have different different lists, and there's not going to be a lot of repetition between everybody. Now, I know my bestie went through title accomplishments like the marching <laughs> is, but um, <laughs> I think this is very subjective because somebody could be a five-time Intercontinental Champion, accolade or world ec. champion. Mm. He loves an accolade. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Like, I was, like um, somebody could be a, like a, a multi-time... All ten of mine have one accolade in <laughs> <Yeah>. common. <laughs> Um, some guys got to be a multi-time Intercontinental Champion or U.S. Champion and maybe a one-time champion or maybe not World Champion at all. But that's the interesting, interesting thing about it. And like I said, wrestling's subjective. So some of these, some of these guys that listen on everybody's list, we might actually argue about they might be not, they might not be underrated. So that's, it'll, I think this will be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think we'll all have different lists. I don't think there'll be a lot of repetition of all I think me and you may have some of the same stuff. But we'll I'm see. not sure about prepping. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll give you a sneak peek of Ron's list. John Cena, Roman Reigns, John Cena, Roman Reigns, John Cena, Roman Reigns. That's Ron's list. The entire list. Yeah, but I'm very interested to see what everybody has to say because we haven't really talked much about it. So I'm ready to begin. Yeah, can I guess what your common accolade is? You can guess it, but I'm going last for my list. That's fine. Uh, is it hardcore champion? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's 96 of them, so he had to narrow down his list to 10. Yeah. And, I just, I when he said they had one accolade in common, I know nobody loves a hardcore champ. I can't wait to see Godfather's hoe on his list. <laughs> yeah. And then the fun, the fun thing is like even like I just deleted Maven from my list. <laughs> and then a, a fun thing about it is like even the honorable mention thing because there's is like I have three honorable mention because there's a few guys that I try to get on my list but I really couldn't I had more reasons for the guys I did have on my list but I'm ready to start and I'm looking forward to this so do you want to go everybody gives their full list or do you want to go everybody gives their number 10 number 10 everybody gives a reason and then you go around all right so Alo, do you want to start or you want somebody else to kick it off I'm dying to hear the the 10th hardcore champion. (laughs) (laughs) I I started by saying I'm going last so you can okay I'll go first so um number I'll go first and we can work around to okay um all right, so my number 10, this may be controversial to some people. This is probably not a classically thought of underrated performer. Underrated in the sense that I think they don't they don't get quite as much credit as they deserve. Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> 
And like I said, he's not underrated in the sense that people don't love him or people don't think he's great. I respect it. But I don't believe he is in the greatest of all time conversation as much as he should be. I don't think he's on enough Mount Rushmore's as he should be. The guy has, <laughs> has it in the ring. He can wrestle different styles. He's been doing it for, what, 25 years? 27 plus. He's been relevant on TV on Monday nights for 20 years, if not a little more than that. Um, been great in different eras, different characters, great on the microphone. Everything you want out of a professional wrestler, Chris Jericho gives you. He is my greatest of all time. So because I think he's not exalted quite to that level by enough people, he's number 10 on my underrated list. Well, he did just win the second most IC title in the world. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's won. You know, now what he's doing in second New Japan. Most. Yes. What do you mean second most? Second most important. The, the IC title that's in Japan that Ron knows yeah. nothing about. <laughs> you said second most IC title. The so second you, most you important. The IC second title. most important one. Okay. Yes. Make sure you clarify it right. But that is my number ten. Like I said, controversial because I think most people love him, but I think he's rightfully placed on this list. Yeah, I didn't want to go too high. That's why I made him number ten. Yeah. Well. I'm not, I can't argue any of your reasons <laughs> because you are right. I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves. In comments, prep. He's the greatest of all time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so my number ten, I, I can't. I was going back and forth with him between him and my honorable mentions because he's not too far from being inactive, and my number ten is Wade Barrett. Mm, um, that's a. I love that one. Because I was fighting between my. Uh, when we get to the end of the show, you'll hit my honorable mentions. Not a mentions. former hardcore champion. No, he's not. <laughs> no. One, of my, one of my honorable mentions <laughs> is a former hardcore champion. But we'll get to that later. But yeah, Wade Barrett, um, after the whole inception of the Nexus thing, he was buried by this old shovel by the name of John Cena <laughs> at SummerSlam. And after that, he just didn't have any direction at all. Actually, he was supposed to win the 2011 Money in the Bank contract, but he did it at the last minute. The day of, Vince decided to change it to Daniel Bryan. But he's the, the true definition of undergraded because he had the look, he had, he was able to talk, he was good in the ring, he had everything you would think a world champion should have, but injury, short, in, injuries really kind of shortened his run. Like, every time he got something going, the injuries just took him away, and it got so bad that Remember that old group, League of Nations? He was the best talker in the group, but never talked. Never let him talk. N not at all. So, <laughs> like, like. They took away his, I'm afraid I've got some bad news yeah, catch for him. Because it. it got too over. But mm -hmm. the thing, but, but I, I, I feel his career in WWE was incomplete because the injuries, every time he got something running, it got, it just got taken away because yeah. of injuries. And, um, he was, like he doesn't have many memorable matches, but I think his best matches were Big E at Extreme Rules 14 for the IC title. But Wade Barrett's my number 10. So good. Mm -hmm. I, I struggled with putting him on my list. So, spoiler, he's not on my list. But I do agree with you <laughs> that he's extremely overrated, especially after listening to him on Jericho's talk show the other day. <laughs> so good. So. It, yeah. I, I agree uh, as well. I think everyone can say he kind of – they dropped the ball with him. I think everyone that's been a long-time listener to the show knows – and, you know, I just got my balls busted for being an accolade uh, snob. It was one of those things. He was in that WWE championship picture, like, right from the get-go. And it's almost like, geez, I, I almost in retrospect wish they would have just put it on him. I mean, he won the Intercontinental title multiple times, but he still did have every right to be a world champion before he went back to the United Kingdom. Agreed. Prep, you're number 10? 
So, and he's a better general manager than Paige. <laughs> Debatable. Debatable. <laughs> that was, Pash was supposed to pop because he doesn't even know he was a general manager. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to be different. I might have one or two people that will be on multiple people's list, but my number 10 is Simon Gotch. Oh, so good friend of the show. Yeah. After, show. after the dude came on the show, I really gained an appreciation for him. Now, I liked him when he was in NXT as a tag team champion. Time out. Yes, sir. Are you only putting more on the list because of the mustache? No. <laughs> no, because I feel like I will surpass his stash status. Is it your mustache spirit animal? <laughs> Close. But I think Simon Gotch is underrated because, like, when he came on the show, he talked about a bunch of ideas that he had and stuff that never got through. Think about somebody else who had ideas that never got through, and look where they're at now. Look at Cody Rhodes, someone who put out video after video, you know, and, like, tried to make something for himself, but it the company just couldn't get behind him. Simon Gotch has similar, like, appeal to me when it comes to him being underrated, especially now after seeing him on MLW. Like, he's with Filthy Tom Lawler, Lawler and they have, like, a cool faction, and he's doing pretty good for himself now. He's a good talker. I like his. He's got kind of like a different odd in-ring style. Um, oh, yeah. Well, we know he's a good talker. Yeah, we do know that. <laughs> yeah. Never shuts up. Like I said, we. I told him we're going to try to keep you for 30 minutes, tops. And we were at about 28, 29 minutes. I was like, all right, I should probably wrap this up, maybe try to get it done by 35. And the, the from the second I had that thought to start wrapping it up, he didn't stop talking until we were at about 38 minutes. <laughs> and we like, all right. But, but the best part was me and Pat said no with nothing. <laughs> yeah. So then we got to, like, 38 minutes. I was like, all right, I'll try to wrap it up by about 45. And I asked him another question thinking, you know, he'll get a couple more minutes in, I'll wrap it up. And he went till about 47 minutes. <laughs> so we went just about an hour. And then I ended the interview. And then we got stuck on Skype with him for like another 25 minutes. <laughs> we just could not shake him loose. <laughs> but so, somebody I'm not complaining. Actually compa- uh, cares about the business. Yeah, yeah I'm not complaining. Sounds- he was a fun guy to talk to. Like it, the other thing that I that made me feel good was he was like one of the most talkative, uh, nicest people at the performance center. And I'm thinking like, yeah, who knows? They they may think they have to do this, but the fact that when I talked to him on the show, he basically lived up to exactly how he was when I met him at the performance center. I was like, yeah, this guy's like a genuine. A genuine guy. I know he had some some quote unquote heat on him in the locker room. At one time, he got in a fight with who was it? Sinkara. But to me, he seems like a great guy, interesting guy, creative guy. Happy that you put him on your list. I'm glad he got mentioned. I am too. There's a former hardcore champion that you know didn't answer <laughs> didn't answer our emails to be on the show. So whatever. He, he answered, but then just disappeared. But just, I'll, just I'll, I'll get to him later. Yeah. But whatever. To, in reference to the hardcore championship, you know who won it more times than anyone else. I do know this, but I forget right, who it is. I was, yeah. yeah no, I was number 10 right. on my right. list, <laughs> Mr. Raven himself. So you're part of the flock. I'm not. I just, think, I just think he is underrated. I think if you do look at his full body of work from you know going to the WWF in the early 90s, having a bad manager's role, what he did in ECW, and was one of the very most focal points of that brand and what made it revolutionary. Um I know this is a favorite topic of yours, but <laughs> he is the one that Goldberg dethroned for the United States Championship. Uh, 
then he goes to WWF again, holds the Hardcore Championship more than anyone else. Used to go out to the ring with a box of gimmicks. I'm sorry, a cart of gimmicks. <laughs> I, I, I was a fan. I was a kid. I was hooked on the Hardcore Championship. If he was coming out there, whether he was challenging for the title, defending the, the title, or interfering in someone's match to try to get the title, I was always interested. He's underrated. Yeah, he was one of my. He was one of my favorite non WWF guys back at that time. Halo. Well, um, I'll just say this. I think he's more underrated than you do. <laughs> I like to hear that. I, I, I like where this is going. All right. I appreciate Raven, but yeah. I knew you'd have him on your list. <laughs> All right. Well. So number Glad nine. <laughs> number. I'll be the first one to start the number nines. I have the first female on the list. Huh. Summer Rae. <laughs> Ronald. <laughs> um, I, I was the only Summer Rae lover on this show. No, I, I think that she she played a big role in NXT as the Four Horsewomen were becoming the Four Horsewomen. She played a big part in Sasha Banks turning into the boss character. I thought she had good matches on Raw for the little bit of time she got there at the end. And I thought there I thought her feud with Sasha Banks on Raw before she left was really good. I thought what they were doing was great. The stuff she did with Ruru, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, so yeah, I, she's not one of my like three or four favorite women's wrestlers of all time, but I definitely realized that she was really good. She played a big role in that period of women's wrestling kind of becoming big in WWE. And I definitely think underrated and underappreciated. In the first lady of NXT. Yes. Huh. Agreed. Summer Rae is great, and she's <laughs> hot as hell. Um, well, maybe she'll do the show now. I, 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 I did email her, so maybe she'll do the show now. Well, you never know. Eck, any thoughts on Summer Rae? She's hot as hell. Can't teach that. <laughs> you can't. You really can't. <laughs> You really Does cannot teach. I tried to keep uh, teaching uh, a couple I don't, I don't personally don't find her attractive. No. Um, I like the nose. You know that. Yeah, I do know that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, and that's why you know that that is really legitimate from the heart. It's not me thinking she's hot. It's just me thinking she's very underappreciated. So, Alo, you're number nine. Yeah, my number nine, I battle with, with nine and ten, but between nine and ten in my honorable mention. But number nine, I'm going with Rick Rude. Okay, I like I, that one. I think a lot of times he gets forgotten because if young to our young seven-year-old listeners in Delco, <laughs> if you're a big fan of Velveteen Dream, Rick Rude is an inspiration to the Velveteen yeah. Dream. Uh, he gave the Warrior his best matches ever, and the details with the tight, with the spray paint. Um, who, whose wife was it that he had? I think it was face? Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, Jake the Snake, former Intercontinental Champion. The small details of every time he comes out, the crowd, um, the, the camera would pan to the crowd, and you would see the women drooling over Fanning him. themselves. Yes, because yeah. <laughs> there was such awe of Rick Rude. And I, I think his in-ring work gets forgotten, forgotten to other guys that – that possibly that have passed since then, and then a lot of times when you do only only time you really do get any thing of Rick Rude is from they talk about with him in DX in the late nineties and when he's on DX on WWF Raw and WCW Monday Nitro at the same mm-hmm. time. So Rick Rude's my number now. Yeah, I think it's a good one. I do think he gets overlooked. I think maybe for me, I don't look at him as underrated because obviously I grew up when he was at his biggest, so I remember seeing him every week on TV. Um, the character was great. Uh, obviously, like the obnoxious heel that you just wanted to see lose every week and almost never did was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I, I like Rick Root. And one of my favorite WCW matches of all time, which is his, 
I believe it was an Iron Man match with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat at like Bash of the Beach, like '92 or something like that. What were you doing watching that? Uh, <laughs> I watched it. I didn't see it when it happened. This surgery got you all yeah, messed up. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see it when it happened. Obviously, it was airing on. I think it was the first thing that was airing live when I got the WWE Network, and I was like, oh. That, I, I just got the network I'm like oh, I might as well put it on And that show came on I think Foley had Like a It might have been a, la- a Last man standing match Or something like that With Sting But that that match I thought was great With Steamboat And Rick Root So I gotta give it credit But to me Two WWF guys anyway So it didn't It, it didn't hurt me too much To, to say it was a good match uh, Any other thoughts on Rick? We were at his uh, Hall of Fame induction speech And that was it, it really gave you a sense of how much people really cared about mm-hmm. him, like, thought of him. Yeah, agreed. Well, she didn't get injured, we probably would have got to see more of more of his in-ring work. Yeah. I remember <laughs> my, my first take on him was in a suit playing DX. Yeah. And even that was good <laughs> for what it was. Yeah. Uh, Prep, your number nine. So my number nine is Austin Aries. Hmm. So... We are predominantly... A vegan. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my number nine. (laughs) Wait a minute. How how are you going to put him on your list? (laughs) It's a gimmick. (laughs) House of Hardcore is a gimmick. (laughs) So... You're a gimmick. From what I see from Austin Aries now, I can't speak too much about it because I don't really think too much about it, but... From his WWE run, I have to give him underrated. I don't know. Like, you never understand how good he was until you go back and watch, like, right when he was switching from that... Like, even during his commentary run to, like, when he first got in the ring, how great that was. And even... That NXT stuff, too. The NXT stuff. Like, Alo brought up the other day when he sees No Way Jose, all he thinks of is Austin Aries. One of the commentaries. Hey, that's his favorite. (laughs) That's his favorite NXT image. That was so good. But um, Austin Aries, underrated. Yeah, I agree. So that's a guy yeah, that, that you you know one of my big things is calling a guy oh he's just a wrestler, mm-hmm. and that's how I see a lot of these guys when I know they were in TNA or some smaller promotion. I don't know anything other than a bunch of indie marks like them. It's like my first instinct. I watch him in the ring. I'm like oh this guy's just a wrestler. There's nothing special there. And most guys, my mind never changes. Um, Austin Aries is a guy who changed my mind Where by the end I was like this dude needs to be on TV so much more They need to be doing so much more with him So I agree with underrated Because I think the work he did in WWE Was excellent NXT and WWE both I'd probably have him on my list too But he never held the hardcore title (laughs) (laughs) Who's your number nine Eck? Well it's going to be one person You could put him under two different characters It would be Taz as either T A Z or T A double Z. I think his body of work, either way, is underrated. Uh, we've talked about him for the past two years on this show. Uh, rewatching some old ECW stuff, uh, watching some of that, some of, you know, we were just talking about Austin Aries and his commentary work. I was just watching some of his commentary work from when ECW was first, like, rebuilt up. A lot of the stuff that I'd never seen. And he was good in commentary outside when he went, or you know, with uh, Impact TNA. WWE dropped the ball. They should have made him bigger, but again, he was short. 
but for his height, for what he was, the monster that Paul Heyman made him, um, he, he was great. He was fun to watch in the ring, and he was always good in those hardcore-style matches, whether it was for the hardcore championship or it was for an ECW championship. He was someone that you legitimately knew could kick someone's ass. You didn't want to meet him in an alley, and you thought no matter who he was facing, whether it was going to be Raven, Sabu, Steven Richards, or during the invasion, if he's having a match with Austin, like uh, he should have a fair bout. Yeah, one of the one of the few guys that legitimately was intimidating when he walked out with the towel and everything. He was very intimidating for real, not just as his character. Any other thoughts on Taz from you guys? I know you're not a big Taz guy. I don't think it's so hard to judge Taz because he was such a big deal in ECW. Like he was essentially the face of ECW, but that WWE run that he had for the two years, like I said, after the first night it was over, and he and he won the Hardcore title X amount of times. Um, later in later in his first year of WWE, he teamed with Raven, but that didn't go anywhere. And then 2001, he went to commentary, and then the 2002 run, he um. He teamed with Spike Dudley and went a tag team Taz over the Dudleys for that short amount of time. But it's so hard to judge Taz because of that WWE run, but he was the face of ECW. So I'm not, for, for, what you, for where you have Taz, I can't debate that. Yeah. Prep, thoughts on Taz? The commentary really soured me. Yeah. Oh, he's besides, terrible at commentary. New York accent? No, I just didn't like him as <laughs> a person. He's terrible at commentary. But in the, ring, in the ring, he was really good. Terrible yeah. at commentary. I hope I can throw people around Ain't like no that Michael soon. Michael Cole. Yeah. The, the mayor of Suplex City. <laughs> All right. So this has worked back around to me. Starting in the number eights, I have William Regal as my number eight. Um, <laughs> Aaron's beloved European champion. As you guys know, a character that only lived for a month on WWE television. <laughs> Has lived on in my heart forever. The man's man, William Regal. He's a man. <laughs> yeah, I love Real that character. <laughs> love the character. Loved the song. Loved the Titantron video. Loved the construction hat, the flannel, the boots. Obviously, we've always talked about his selling and his facials. I think the guy was unbelievably entertaining. He talks a lot about how he patterned a lot of his stuff after actual comedians and comedic actors, and I think he's a guy that just thought thought things through so much and had so many little details that the average fan may not notice. Like, I think you can go back and watch any William Regal match and find a little tidbit that you may not have ever noticed before that was great. So that's my number eight. Pash, I love... Regal way more than you do. <laughs> no debate. And he's still excelling in yeah. the GM role. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. He's definitely underrated. Um, I definitely tip my hat off to you for putting him on your list. <laughs> uh, as I scroll through the history of the Hardcore Championship <laughs> and wondering why Was he, he not, ever on there? <laughs> I, I'm hoping he didn't win it because I'm wondering why he didn't make my list. But then again... Uh, no, I, I think I'm safe to say no. He's not on this list. So, but yeah, he he deserves to be on your list. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. He should be on everyone's list. Yeah, hey, love oh, your number damn. eight. I see someone else that needs to be on my list. <laughs> <laughs> so my number eight, I'm gonna go to my first woman. My first, my number eight and first. Go woman. to your blood. Yeah, <laughs> go to your. Look to your blood. <laughs> but um, number eight, I'm going with Gail Kim. Oftentimes you forget Gail Kim because who's that? <laughs> 
A former women's champion. I'm supposed to be asking that. A former women's champion. <laughs> yeah. Former WWE women's champion. She almost made my list. Yeah. A lot of times, everybody forgets about Gail Kim because of... Yeah, because I, I thought she deserved it, but I, that was one that I knew was going to be on Halo's list. <laughs> like, when it comes to Gail Kim, you think about her Impact run, if you've watched Impact, because Impact was doing... WWE women do doing the the women's revolution way before ten, at least ten years before WWE was, Be, but the match she had with Awesome Kong for over the Knockout Championship they were they were all great. But the the thing that doesn't validate her is that she's not mainstream and nobody really knows about the worker she was, and because she never got that real big WWE run. Her first night on Raw she won the women's title, but after that it was nothing essentially. And then she would go to Impact, she would um, team up with Jarrett. And she would come back later for that WWE run, but never ever got that real opportunity. She did get a few Divas Championship matches, but she never actually got the opportunity to actually be the be the woman. She won the title her first match. Mm-hmm. Her first yeah. night on Raw, she won the title. I, be- I believe she beat Molly Holly or Victoria. But what what got her the title match? Nothing. It was her debut, and they put the title on her. And no now, belt or nothing. No, I remember that. They just ran the vignettes so a couple weeks, and then she won the title her first night. And like I said, that WWE run never actually validated her to the mainstream fans. In her second run, the only thing she did important was she was Daniel Bryan's on-screen girlfriend when the Bella Twins were feuding. Who wants Daniel Bryan? And the work she puts on in the ring, nobody really knows about it. And just because of that WWE run, nobody actually knows how great she actually was. And she was a part of the women's revolution before there was a real women's revolution. So Gail Kim was my number eight. I think that is uh, someone that Laugh likes to tell me all the time about his son, the godson of the podcast. <laughs> Always bringing up, like, some video he saw on YouTube. <laughs> like, did you know Gail Kim held the TNA women's title, knockout title for 396 or whatever it is? He's always like, why do you know that? <laughs> Gail Kim is, is one that he definitely has told me that his son has mentioned to him before. Do you think Gail Kim's ever going to come Young back to WWE? Jo- <laughs> young Joey over Joey from Allstate any yeah. day of the week. <laughs> Knowledge is yeah, already I, I better. I like Young Joey way better. <laughs> yeah, I think Gail Kim is a good one, deserves to be on the list. Like I said, she, oh, she was... Pays attention to accolades. Yeah, she was in the running on mine, but I knew for sure Alo was going to have her on there, so that's why... Summer Rae may not have made it if Gail Kim did. <laughs> yeah, and then another thing is, um, but when she left WWE the, her previous time, she, I do recall her, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but she did say Vince doesn't know how to book women's wrestling because she was arguably the best worker that they had in that company at both times she was there. Not surprised to hear that. Any other thoughts on Gail Kim? She was good. I remember the night she won the title. That was fun, and mm-hmm. then it was all downhill from yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> you got a number eight, Prep? I do. I hope you'd, so. <laughs> you'd appreciate this one. Okay. Xavier Woods. Yes! <laughs> so, <laughs> with the mainstream appeal that this guy has in the video game community, you think that the WWE would actually do something significant with him. Like, yeah, I know that they think that New Day is such a big thing, like, oh, New Day's getting all this merch and stuff like that, but... They're not getting booked. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. The stuff with the Miz is fun, mm-hmm. but Xavier Woods deserves so much more for what he brings to the table. Like, he's he's in a game now. Like, and he just continues to like rule that world along with someone that Pash has no idea about. <laughs> so, uh, my number eight is that that Kenny Xavier Woods. Kenny, somebody. Yes. Okay, I heard something about that. In those bucks of youth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I left him off my list. Um, 
I feel like I've compared him to Paul Heyman enough that I felt like I didn't need to put him on an underrated list. But yeah, he's a guy that I say he's always in character. He's ringside. He's always acting. He's always doing something. How much fun was it when he used to like talk during the whole match? <laughs> I loved it. Um, I wish he would do that again. Yeah, it's interesting. Punk made the made the comment years ago about you know Vince McMahon is a millionaire who should be a billionaire, and I feel like they leave so much on the table with so much of their talent. Like they have people who are stars who should be actual superstars. And I think Xavier Woods is a guy like that. That he's relatively prominent in WWE, but he could be bigger than he is if they allowed him to be. And I think it's an excellent addition to the underrated lists. Eric and Alo. Yeah. Um, Prep didn't even bring up his TNA, his early TNA run because I remember his first night on on TNA. I think it was I think it was like Did he start two, out as Consequences Creed? Consequences, okay. Consequences Creed. I, think, I believe it was 2006 or 2007. He, I was a fan right away, and then when he first came to WWE, I was like, he looks real familiar. And I, then I, I found out that I was actually Consequences Creed. Like, I'm, I was a big fan of this guy in TNA. And then they actually, teamed, they actually pinned him with, together with R-Truth, who mm-hmm. he was together in TNA with. So that, that kind of drew me in. But I can't put him all-time because he's still active and who— I don't think WWE would do anything with him because he's already a big name as a big name as it is. But I do agree that he's underrated. Yeah, Eck. I I definitely think all three of those guys are underrated because uh, I mean we're almost breaking breaking kayfabe because we're not talking about who which one made it to the Money <laughs> in the Bank match. But uh, the the whole thing is all of those guys are. Arguably world championship worthy. It, I mean, Xavier Woods, they haven't even gave him a singles title. Uh, he deserves more. Um, he shouldn't be carrying, and I'm not saying he's carrying two guys, but he shouldn't be having to have two guys with him just to get a segment to have a microphone in front of him. Uh, he should be out there with a U.S. title or intercontinental title and carrying that and making it important because if you give him a belt and a microphone, people's eyes are going to tune in. People that are not even wrestling fans will tune in for that. They should. Agreed. Definitely underrated. Yeah. Eck, who's your number eight? Let me check this half, half-ass half list again. Jeez, <laughs> um, I hate my number eight. Should I really put this guy in? <laughs> the big boss man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know what? <clears throat> all right, so I, I didn't necessarily have this all in a, a good order. So I'm going to put – I was originally going to just put him in an honorable mention, but everyone's expecting me to put him on the list. <laughs> I'm going to put – Tommy Dreamer. (laughs) (laughs) Only reason I'm putting him because one, I was re-looking up the hardcore title status, and geez, he held it way more times than I thought. How many times? It looks like 14, but I could be reading this wrong. Um, I just think a lot of his contributions to the business are overlooked. I think the overall smart fan, this may surprise you, Ron. Doesn't just look at <laughs> just, doesn't just look at WWE when they rank a wrestler. I think when you think of his contribution, his heart and soul into ECW, he needs to be mentioned. Um, he's given all of us about, depending who's we're talking about sitting at the table, anywhere between five to ten memorable nights at, in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. in South Philly, at the ECW arena for House Hardcore Show. He's given us great memories. He's booked some stuff that we never thought we would see. I mean, we got to see. The Hardy Boys come out with the WWE tag belts at a non-WWE show. That was awesome. I mean, I got I almost thought about throwing in the towel over two and a half <laughs> years ago on wrestling. Yeah. I'm like, all right, this is already played out. I'm done. And I went to my first House Hardcore show, and it kind of re-put it over. 
But again, I've watched a lot of his interviews. There's a lot of stuff about the man that is overlooked. I think when we talk about any, in a dream scenario, if all of our lists were different and we got 40 people here, I think the consensus is 50%, if not more, was all just booked wrong. Well, he was never booked right in WWE. I think for what he was as a hardcore wrestler, he's, you know, he's definitely underrated, not looked at enough. Yeah, I agree. I don't. He's not looked at as a star in the business, but yeah, he contributed a lot to ECW, and like you said, the contributions with House of Hardcore cannot be overlooked. How many are they up to now? Are they up past forty yet? Yeah, they're in like the, the early forties. I think the last one we went to was thirty-nine. Yeah, I, I think he he belongs on that list. Any thoughts from Prep and Alo? He does belong on that list. He thank, does. Thank you, Tommy Dreamer, for everything you do for us. Yes. <laughs> I hope I hope he appreciates us. Yeah. Like, because we, not to toot our own horns, but toot we, kinda, <laughs> we make the damn shows. Yeah. I, I mean, prepping us always got first at the door is like, yo, yo, you guys, you guys need to behave tonight, the last show. Part of the show. I mean, it, it's, it's to the point where, like, they just got a new security staff. Who and don't know was, you? It was the second show that we went to, and they were like, oh, man, they're itching their head right now. Oh, these guys the again. DP again. <laughs> Shout out to security guards. They love yeah, me. Yeah, they do. Uh, number seven for me, D'Lo Brown, the gentleman I associate more than anyone else with the European Championship, the chess protector, the feud with X-Pac, the feud with Val Venus when Val Venus got DQ'd for... Look at someone bringing up an accolade. Using the chess protector... <laughs> My next one is is because of an accolade, too. Oh, um, damn! But D'Lo, to me, is one of those guys that was just so entertaining. I was always entertained when he was on the screen. He's one of those guys that, at first, I hated him, and then I grew to love him because the stuff he did was just so funny to me. So D'Lo Brown is my number seven. <laughs> D'Lo didn't make my list. <laughs> wow! That might shock you guys, but D'Lo... He was on my honorable mention, but he did not make my list because he didn't have the. He wasn't a good talker, so that's why he. Because he make, didn't need to be. Yeah, but that's why he didn't make my list. But my number seven, right? Seven, so, yeah. So if I could be serious for a minute, mm-hmm. my number seven is Lance Storm. Okay. <laughs> there was no one that was good at not having any charisma, but had charisma at the same right. time. Right. <laughs> I remember um, we reviewed the ECW show, um, Hardcore Heaven. I w- my first time watching, I'm like, wait, he had- this is Lance Storm? This is that Lance Storm who had no charisma yeah. anywhere else? I'm like, this guy is awesome. And mm-hmm. a lot in the ring, not, without a doubt, not even a question. Um, everybody says anytime they work for Lance, it was almost a, a night off for them because he was so good at the ring. And he's responsible for, for um, training some of our favorite women's wrestlers, um, Emma Known as Tennille now, and the Iconics, and and um, he never and he had a lot of versatility too. He was a great tag team competitor too. He, he was working with Team Canada and WCW. He did get that one run as IC champion for a month in WWE, and he was a, ta- a multi-time tag team champion in WWE with the Un-Americans and Sean Morley and William Regal. Lance Storm is my number seven. I, I gotta be the first one to say right there. I- I know he at least held the WCW Hardcore Championship. <laughs> he, I, be, he, I believe he did. He's had to held the WWE one too. No, uh, no, I'm not, he didn't. I, no, he. Held, I, I believe he held the WCW title, the Hardcore title. Yeah, I know he held the WCW US title. He made the WCW. Yeah, I, I know he had Can- like a bunch Canadian of, title. Yeah, he, 
And I think he held the Cruiserweight title. I'm almost positive he did. I don't want to say for sure he didn't hold the WWE one, but if he didn't, I feel bad. I feel okay now because I was Ray when Aaron said that I was like, he didn't make my list. I'm disgusted with myself. There's, there's five people on my list that he's better than. Uh, Lance Storm by all means deserves to be on anyone's top ten. If, if you don't, if you got like a top five underrated list, I understand if he doesn't make it. You got a top ten. Lance Storm should be there unless you got like a, a crazy specification. They got to be a, a hardcore championship <laughs> or something. But if, if it's not for that, Lance Storm in the ring, no matter which brand, he, he was phenomenal. Um, had a great look. Was a good heel. Lance Storm deserves to be on everyone's underrated list. Prep, any thoughts on Lance Storm before you give your number seven? He had a lot of accolades at one point in WCW. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe he held three titles at once in WCW. Wow. Yeah, I think it was like TV, US, and Hardcore. Yeah, but 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 him, but his work, even on the mic, he was great on the mic. So good. <laughs> he, he, he can cut a hell of a promo. Like I said, he was great. He had, he had no charisma, but had charisma doing it at the yeah. same time. Yep. So my number seven, Tyson Kidd. Oh, very like good. That. A forgotten guy. Not a former hardcore champion, but still solid. <laughs> Unfortunately, Tyson Kidd's career was cut short, mm-hmm. which really bums me out. But as the number one Samoa Joe fan, did you feel obligated yeah. to <laughs> to put him on there? No, <laughs> accidents no one, happen. Yeah. I don't blame him, you know. <laughs> but um, I really wish that he like had a new lease on life and could wrestle again. But he is doing, you know, he's a backstage producer now, so he's getting to still work with the talent. But for me, his in-ring ability, and when he went to NXT, who would have thought that he was good on the mic? Like <laughs> he was so much fun. His character in NXT, he had. Tons of great matches. So, for me, my number seven, Tyson Kidd. Yeah, and the tag team with him and Cesaro, so underrated. So underrated. So underrated. He got Cesaro over more more than Paul Heyman did. He got Cesaro over more than anything else. So, yeah, that's a great call on on the tag team with Cesaro. Cesaro, Tyson Kidd, better than Cesaro Seamus. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, agreed. And the I love Seamus. The headphones, yeah, I thought they were great. Eck, your number seven. Jeez. Um, all right, should it be number five, number seven? <laughs> I'm not really crazy about number seven either. I love all the right. shuffling around. Yeah, this yeah. is great. Typical Eric. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take my number five, and I'm going to put him in number seven. Um, I don't. This is probably not going to be agreed upon on anyone. But in-ring work, because... There's maybe two matches he's had on live TV that actually didn't entertain you. Like, you got to be, like, insurance agent miserable to not be entertained by (laughs) Shane McMahon. (laughs) Shane McMahon, a phenomenal hardcore champion. His hardcore championship matches were great, and there was very few of them. (laughs) Very few of them. But that one... you really got to be an accolade whore like us to know there was only one. Because like be, I didn't know there was one. I could have thought he defended the thing 27 times. He won, times the, he won the go home. That, that one match, or with the one match with Steve Blackman? Yeah, he won at the go home week of SummerSlam. So, so good. So good. Um, we were noted for talking about it a year and a half ago. 
getting ready for WrestleMania, everyone hating on the idea of him and AJ Styles having a match, arguably, if not number one, top three matches of the night. Shane McMahon is underrated in the ring. Yeah, I can see that. I, I thought about putting him on there, and I was like, ah, Shane, I feel like is very much appreciated, but I'm glad that somebody put him on a list because Shane ha- was turned out to be really great. I can hear a laugh texting you now. <laughs> well, he held a title that both my best friend loves and that I love. <laughs> Since you put it that way. Yeah. Since you put it that way. <laughs> Edit your list. Yeah, Prep, any thoughts on Shano before I go to my number six? I like your shoes, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number six. Honorable mention, his footwear. My number six, a big part of the reason, is because of an accolade. A woman who won a title that women typically don't win, Jacqueline, is number six oh, on my list. Former cruiserweight. I like that. Now, it's, not, it's not just because of that. That's part of it, but I have always appreciated the role she played in the Mark Marrow sable feud <laughs> because... I feel like that gets overlooked how important that was at the time. Like, that was a big part of Raw and the pay-per-views at that time. And she was a huge part of it. Like, if if Sable didn't have such a good foil in Jacqueline, it may not have worked as well as it did. And the, the whole thing with her winning the bikini contest the night after, you know, Sable got stripped of her title and they handed it to Jacqueline. I, I think she played a bigger role than a lot of people remember. It's yeah. weird to put somebody on there who's a Hall of Famer, but I think to the average fan, I don't think that they really think as highly of her as they should. I agree. I can't I can't argue that at all. Yeah, Jack. I like her. <laughs> I can't argue as well. Okay. And Ron keeping Kate keeping Keith Fabe in real life alive. <laughs> <laughs> Here you got his number six, A Love. All right, number six. I said I um earlier in the show I said I like somebody more than Eric. The, my mm-hmm. number six is Raven. Is this the first repeat we've had? Yes. Yes. We're on number six, so everybody did a 10, a 9, an 8, and a 7. So that's 16, 17. It took 18 places for us to have a repeat. That's pretty good. Yeah, so my number six is Raven. And impressive and yeah. surprising to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, Jake the Snake always says he used talk, like, in a, um, a low voice and, used, and had, he had a great vocabulary. Raven was the same way. He was, I always thought Raven was interesting. My first introduction to Raven was in WWF at the time. As a hardcore champion, I, I, I really enjoyed his work. That he actually, when when he that four month run, run he was in the hardcore division, I really enjoyed it. His promos, the way he talked, the way he carried himself, I enjoyed everything in it. And then we reviewed a WCW show, and I believe it was Raven versus I think it was it Perry Saturn. I'm almost positive it was, mm-hmm. and that was the best match of the night. And the storyline was terrible; it made yeah. no sense. <laughs> but it was, but his mic work excellent. I thought he was fine in the ring. Raven's my number six. To Agree with my best friend. Okay. Also, I mean, how, who else could emotionally get someone involved by destroying someone's mob? Yeah, and also, yeah. <laughs> also, as you like to say, Raven was a, such a student of the game, and Raven was. I don't know if Eric knows it. Do you know the the real story behind the Dudley Boys? The whole group, or just the, Bubba and Devon? How the Dudley Boys was supposed to be like a faction, not just a tag team. Yeah, they originally were a faction. No, they were supposed to be more. It, they, Taz and Raven created the Dudley Boys storyline. Mm-hmm. So the Dudley was supposed to be a faction of Big Daddy Dudley was essentially supposed to impregnate different women of every race. 
it's supposed it's supposed to be an Indian Dudley, a black Dudley, a white Dudley, uh, a sh- um, the and then he spike ended up with nine run. white guys and a black guy. Yeah, but it only ended up with um, Bubba, Devon, Spike, and Sign Guy. But that the original story it was supposed to be a whole faction of Dudleys, but the dad was supposed to impregnate numerous women. That the most all, diverse faction yes, in the history yes. of faction. That's, that, probably, that's probably where I came up with the storyline from my life. Yeah. So <laughs> that so that was that was because of Taz and Raven. Yeah. So you can credit Raven to your favorite tag team of all time, the Dudley Boys. And like I said, the he has such a mind for the business. Raven's my number six. Yeah, I did I did really like Raven's flock too. Yeah. This is that's the one thing I forgot to say. Yeah, and I, I'm, I famously have always said the only thing I could stomach on Nitro back at that time was Jericho. But if Raven was on, I would enjoy that, too. So I got to give him that credit. You like to see Billy Kidman sit in the corner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, who do you got at number six, Prep? My number six is Psychosis. Okay. Oh, wow. There you go. So <laughs> Psychosis, the, Damn, for, me, for me personally, there is no Rey Mysterio without Psychosis. When we go back and we watch these shows and they have a match together, it's usually the best match on the show. Psychosis was great. I, I put him right up there with Rey Mysterio. Obviously, Rey Mysterio is more of the global star, especially now. Like, he, he went back to Japan and he's doing his thing. But I think Psychosis deserves to be on this list. The love that you had that. I, I have not a whole lot to say because Psychosis did a lot of stuff that I didn't watch. But I'm very happy because I know he was like a pioneer of that style in, in North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts from Acker Alo? I'm stunned. That's not a name I thought that was going to come up. I, I, I love the idea of uh, a round table like this and we go down a list. And so far, you know, we got through 16 plus people and nobody mentioned the same person. Psychosis, I don't think anyone else is going to add them on their list. That's great. All I really want to do right now is go home and watch a match with this. So <laughs> I'm happy he's on the list. I did, I've only watched his in-ring works. I, not that he, I don't think he would have, and especially in a dialect that I will understand well, uh, a lot of mic work, but I'm sure he deserves to be where my friend Prep just put him. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree. I'm shocked that he made your list. Um, the work he did in ECW before billionaire Ted pulled out his checkbook, all great stuff. So I agree. I think Chris <laughs> is underrated. Uh, Eck, who do you got for number six? Number six, I did this to pop my best friend. <laughs> to my knowledge, uh, a single one-time hardcore champion uh, who won it at WrestleMania 18 by taking advantage of a defensive, defenseless woman uh, goes to former world champion Christian. <laughs> um, Christian is a strong case, and this is for myself, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of listeners will agree. Christian is one of the greatest cases of you appreciate him more when he is gone. He was a phenomenal troll. He was a phenomenal <laughs> heel. He was a phenomenal little... Weasel. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a phenomenal little creepy little bastard. He long hair and, and short the, hair. Yeah, the CLB. <laughs> yeah, he, he was just entertaining. I mean, his his in ring work is underrated. His mic work is underrated. His feuds are underrated. His placement in the historical Hardys Dudleys Edge and Christian 
tag feud is underrated. His accolades are underrated. And don't forget he's a hardcore ch- former hardcore hmm. champion. That's why Christian makes it to number six on my list. Yeah, the best and worst thing for him is that he is joined at the hip with Edge, who 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 looks as good as Edge when you have to stand right next to him all the time. Yeah, all I have to say is. You already know this, but I love Christian way more than you do. <laughs> I, I figured, well, it's it's funny because I figured he would end up on your list, probably somewhere higher. But let's just note the two times that we already know it's going to be on someone's same list. My bestie and I, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, number five. I but, assume. Well, it was press thoughts or oh, I'm sorry. He's great. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> my num- my number five, I'm assuming, is probably going to be on somebody's list. Um, the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. Ooh. He just <laughs> him him and Barrett were battling for number ten. He sh- I-, I switched that list at least three times today at work. So just know, I started my list, and don't nobody pop for this. <laughs> I started my list with number three because I started my list late and I already told okay. someone where number three was. Um, and then I immediately went up to number 10 and I put Ken Shamrock. And I was very quickly looking through the stats. I don't think he's a former hardcore champion. I don't believe so, no. So he didn't make my list. But he deserves to be on everyone's underrated list. Um, I love the joke of like a year ago when he was you know, still saying he would come back for a WWE run and he wants a match against Brock Lesnar, whether it's an <laughs> octagon or not. Right. I mean, he could come take Brock right now. He's got some, you know, he's got a belt he could defend. He does. Um, yeah, I loved his work with the corporate ministry. I loved waiting for the Ken Shamrock to snap every week. Uh, his match with The Rock for the Intercontinental Championship. I don't remember what show it was. WrestleMania 14. It was 14. Mm-hmm. Love that match. Um, Him and Owen in the Lions Den? Yeah, and I think, if you, yeah, I think if you look at most of the guys who were transitioning from MMA slash UFC, they didn't have the – they weren't very good. Like Tank Abbott was horrible. Uh, I wasn't a Dan Severn guy at all. Yeah. <laughs> But Ken Shamrock was a trained wrestler before he ever did MMA. Um, and I think it shows. I think if you watch his matches, he's a way better wrestler than most people would remember. Yeah, and um, to comment on that, something that you didn't, I'm shocked that you didn't say. With what MMA was back then and what it is now, he will fit so much better today because oh, he was yeah. so, much ahead of, so much ahead of his time. But the reason that I didn't put him on my list because he couldn't talk. And that's the only reason that he didn't make my list. I would, but. The reason between him and Barrett, it, he has a longevity because he's been gone longer than Barrett has, but I thought Barrett's career was so incomplete. That's why I put Barrett at number 10 and kept Shamrock off. And to me, part of the charm of Shamrock was that he couldn't talk. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I know. It's, that's not a bad thing. It was just you were waiting for him to snap. So when he snapped, you thought that was him talking. Yeah. He still can't talk. No, and, and that's part of what I, what I liked about him. Like, so it, It's a classic case of like when it's so bad, it's good. That's, that's how I feel about Ken Shamrock talking. And, and and to play his defense there, I mean, there's so many. Uh, I mean, people people will always cite Kane, and I know we hate him for present day, but I mean, when he finally in like 2023, when he finally retires and stops wrestling, and you think back to the 90s and like the early 2000s, and when he was first taken off the mask, and think of how good he was. 
he wasn't good because of him talking. He never was good because of what he's talking. So a lot of these people that are going to be historical. Except sure when he had the voice saying it's that song. My name is so, so <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people are going to make this list because they were not a total package. If they were a total package, they would be on everyone's rush board. There's going to be very few people, number 10 on your list. There's going to be a few people on this list that are a total package that are just somehow missed. But, I mean, Ken Shamrock, he was one of those guys had a look, was badass in the ring. He was somebody that you you legitimately thought, all right, he's going to kick whoever's ass when he's facing them. Um, I mean, he should have he should have beat Sean. He should he should have took the, the strap off Sean. I'm sorry, yeah. I was just thinking of Alo saying the Same. big boss man. <laughs> <laughs> I think just that quote needs to be on the most underrated segments of any promo ever. If Bossman doesn't make Aaron's list or honorable mentions, <laughs> he's not. I'm sorry. Uh, I, he's on one of the Walker's Mount Rushmore's. Yeah. Uh, Prep, any thoughts on Shamrock before Alo gives his number five? I listened to a pro wrestling talk show last week explaining the career of Ken Shamrock, and I have such a newfound appreciation for him. I was always a fan of that, like, MMA style, just being a fan of MMA. But besides the fact that he can't talk, everything else was so good. Yeah. Uh, Alo, your number five? Yeah, my number five, I don't think anybody's going to have. This is my second and final woman on my list. Number five, I'm going with Molly Holly. At the Rumble, when she came back, I legit popped me mm-hmm. and one other person dead because I was so excited to see her because she often falls in the shadow between Lita, Trish, and Victoria in that time. So underrated and so underrated in the ring. Great in ring work. She she was great at silliness. I, I remember when she first um, broke up with Spike to become Mighty Molly <laughs> with the hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> and then she left the, she left the hurricane, and she was in a storyline with Trish, and she was a, a virgin. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but the in-ring work, just be- because of that time, it was all about Trish and Lita. She delivered some of the better matches, and she delivered great matches with those two women as well. I- and I think Molly Hall was a better worker than both women, both Trish and Lita in the ring. And you don't hear much from her today at all, or even she doesn't even get, even get the recognition that she deserves from all the other from- – instead of all the other women, and she's not even in the Hall of Fame yet. So my- um, Molly Hall is my number five. Excellent choice. Yeah, that was uh, a really good choice. I was really hyped when she came back, too. That was a good one. Yeah, she's a definition of underrated. You know? She's so underrated that I considered putting her on the list, and I didn't. That's how underrated really? she is. Yeah. <laughs> Eck, any thoughts on Molly Holly? She came from a great wrestling kayfabe family uh-huh. of Hollies. Uh-huh. Um, she was great as a face or a heel as you saw uh, on either spectrum with Hurricane uh, or her cousins. Uh, I, was just, <laughs> I was just bringing up Christian and taking advantage of a poor defenseless woman. Spoiler alert, number five on my list is Mighty Holly. <laughs> <laughs> Molly Holly was uh, the only woman to make my list. Uh, she was overshined by Lita and Trish, as Aaron just brought up, because... Not saying she's hideous, but she was no Trish. She, she, you know, Trish was a bombshell. Lita was the badass, but still hot. And Molly was just Molly. Yeah. But her in-ring work speaks from over two decades ago, and it still speaks to this day after we saw we all saw her live at the Rumble. Right. Prep. Did, did I okay. mention we're best friends? You. It's been mentioned at least <laughs> once on the show before, maybe more. 
Uh, your thoughts on what well, you gave your thoughts on Molly? What are your th- who's your number five? So my number five is the only woman on my list, AJ Lee. <laughs> so not only is she my favorite wrestler of all times, <laughs> <laughs> wife. Yes, <laughs> but I feel a lot of people. AJ Lee didn't do much in her career. Okay, I'm not saying that she was like. She did tattoo an accolade on her neck, so I fuck with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, Sorry, PC. She did. But um, for me, the stuff that she, she shined at a time where there was no one, you know, it might have been that. But I feel like her mic work, her in-ring work were so far above everybody else at that time that she still deserves to be called underrated. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I liked her. She had very distinct ring gear. The T-shirt with the rib cage on it. Oh yeah. The skull and crossbones. The high uh, converse. Um, and she's one of the only women in probably the last decade. Maybe that's not. Maybe that's a little too far back. But to actually play a part in like some main event feuds. You know, there's stuff that happened in Daniel Bryan's career that she was involved in. You know, as much as people love CM Punk, there's stuff that he did that she's involved in. Um, Dolph Ziggler, maybe the most relevant he's ever been was when he was doing things with her. And I wasn't even watching at the time, but I knew who Dolph Ziggler was. Um, so thoughts on AJ Lee? I I can't put her underrated. <laughs> I, 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 you kind of just hit the nail in the coffin with she was involved in everything, but she was the only real woman that actually was a legit a legit wrestler and actually looked good, and you actually put her in there as number one. She was a part of main event storyline. She was the constant focal point. She was the general manager of Raw. She was in main event feud, so I, and she was the longest reign Divas champion before losing to Paige. I, I, I can't put her underrated as of now. Maybe in the long term, 10 years down the road probably, but right now I can't. So, is part of why you have her underrated because so many women that came up like within two years of her leaving got so big. She was like right at the cusp. Like, if she would have waited like another year, we'll be talking about her as like Trish and Lita levels. Because I remember her um, when she won the Slammy Award, she mentioned Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and Bailey in her speech. So she, she was a few months. I think it was, I believe it was a few months late, well, a few months early on retiring before she probably would have been in those matches right. with those guys. Even though she did wrestle Bailey the NXT, which was one of my favorite, most awkward <laughs> segments in the world. And I'm not trying to bury like the Bellas, Natalia, anyone that has been there, but there was a long stride. Like maybe I'm exaggerating it, but there was like a year she was the division, if not more. She she was the women's division where now and she's WWE not that they book it well but there is two separate WWE women's division three if you include NXT mm-hmm. and then there was AJ Lee just carrying the whole ship by herself as, as a female <laughs> yeah um, my number four has anyone else mentioned a tag team yet no Mm-mm. the first tag team on the list. If you haven't figured it out already, based on how well you know me, too cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Worm, 
just hearing anyone have to actually utter the name Grandmaster Sex A. Um, the fact that they opened like every show, like every pay per view, they got a huge pop at every one. Every week on Raw, I would wait for them to come out. The fact that I still am waiting on the worm every time I watch. If we're watching an old show with them on it, I'm waiting to see the worm. And I get disappointed when the worm doesn't actually happen. Um, I love those guys. I didn't appreciate them quite as much as I should have at the time. I enjoyed them, but I enjoy them so much more now. So Scotty Tuhati and Grandmaster Sexay are number four on my underrated list. I can't debate. <laughs> Maybe my favorite dance of all time. <laughs> yes. The two cool dance. I could do it right now. And then the when we shades. go video podcast, I'm doing it every time. Yeah, so underrated that they didn't even get to do it with Rikishi when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. I didn't think about that. <laughs> the Usos did it with a Yeah. Gosh. Not as good. No, not at all. No. And uh, I believe uh, Brian Christopher was very upset that they weren't asked to do it. Really? Mm-hmm. Brian Christopher, all jacked up every yeah. time I see him. I was going to uh-huh. say, still looks fantastic. Yes. Baby, oil, baby, oil baby oiled up last time we saw him at Icons. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I was like, that's him? Yeah, I think people don't remember them actually being good, but they were a big part of what was entertaining during the Attitude Era. <laughs> uh, so who's your uh, number four, Alo? My number four, um, he's still going strong, but I think his work, in the early in the early and mid nine well the mid early and mid nineties will go forgotten and that's gold dust. Um anytime you could question a man's sexuality <laughs> I think is great and the whole Hollywood thing with the wig and the theatrical theatrical promos. Like I was excited when he did when he did the promos um recently because I was like that's the old gold dust yeah. but he didn't have the wig because they don't want to offend anybody you know how, how sensitive the world is now but uh, his work in the ring so good between him and Mar- him and Marlena the, together were so was so great the the manner the mannerisms with gold dust so great his matches multiple, multiple time intercontinental champion i just think that he doesn't get the Former record. hardcore champion as well <laughs> he is russell maven at 18 by the way but he didn't. I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves today because he's been around so long and WWE does so little with him, and you don't get what was the real gold dust. Like even the match he, um, the parking lot thing he had with Piper mm-hmm. at WrestleMania 11, I believe it was, fantastic, so underrated. And, I, and like I said, I said earlier about Rick Rude. If you love the Velveteen Dream, you look at Rick Rude and you look at Gold Dust and you get the Velveteen Dream. Right. Yeah, two very big components that made up the Velveteen Dream. We've mentioned on the show before the way he could get under the skin of a tough guy like Roddy Piper or Razor Ramon. Perfect. Um, He was one of the first really edgy things that WWF did to lead them into the Attitude Era. Um, Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed Goldust. I was always up for a Shattered Dreams. So I, I'm fully on board with, with Goldust making a list. At Brent, not to plug WWE, but they just did a, a great episode of that photo shoot series with Goldust. It is, if you don't believe he's on the radio, it's another thing. Just go watch that. <laughs> Even if you're a fan, just go watch it. 
Yeah, prep. Yeah, Goldust was great. Remember that match he had with Randy Orton on SmackDown that I couldn't stop talking about a few <laughs> years ago? Yeah. Last one to have a good match with Randy Orton. Yes. Yeah. Even the match that he had um, to save Cody's career over Randy Orton, I thought that was good. And like I said, even the match with the Shield, so fantastic. So Goldust, so underrated. Yeah, the Brotherhood was a great yeah. tag team. The Golden Truth, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite acts of the last two years. Uh, Prep, your number four. So, I might be overshooting on this, but <laughs> I don't care. It's your list. My number four is Sean O'Hare. Wow! So, <laughs> I gotta hear this. If no, <laughs> if nobody has ever seen the promos that Sean O'Hare cut before he passed away, you have to go and watch these because that's something that I wanted to see. I don't. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I've been in the gym lately. A little bit. Never since I've been in the gym. I'm a body guy now, all right? <laughs> Roman, take the vest off, and I'll be a bigger fan. <laughs> but <laughs> Sean O'Hare, he was good on the mic. He was decent in the ring. And he was just underutilized. Like, he was a focal point when they started the invasion and then quickly moved to the back, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Came but in with the straps. Sean O'Hare, underrated. He came. He came in, and then from well, WCW. My first introduction to him was with the Natural Born Thrillers. I think <laughs> it was him, Chuck Palumbo, Sean Stasiak, and Mark Jindrak. I think I believe he. I think he held it with Jindrak as well, or Chuck Palumbo held it with Jindrak. Um, I hated him because he did, he did the Swanton Bomb, but it was called the Swanton Bomb <laughs> at the time. And his WWE singles run that was where Roddy Piper. I don't think it lasted that long. Did he come out that trench coat? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, for me, he came along right at the time where... You were tuning out. No, I wasn't tuning out yet, but it was when the influx of WCW guys was happening and all of that. And I was very resistant to guys who weren't my WWF guys. So it took a lot for you to be a new guy showing up and for me to give you a chance. So he fell on that under that unfortunate blanket of people I never even gave a chance to. To tip my hat to prep putting him on the list... When they came in, Chuck and Sean, Sean definitely seemed like he was the guy that had more to give to a wrestling promotion. It, in retrospect, I want to feel like he never had the proper the proper chance. I actually, until Aaron just brought it up, I forgot about his stuff with Piper, but um, <laughs> definitely underrated. Um, underrated, underutilized. Yeah, who is your number four? Eck, Eck, two fly. I should ask myself that. Oh, my number five was uh, Molly Holly. Yeah, mm-hmm. we talked about that already. Number four would be her cousin, Hardcore Holly. Huh. <laughs> I liked it. How much did he weigh in at? Allegedly over 400 pounds. <laughs> Love that story. <laughs> Won the Hardcore Championship in the Mississippi River? <laughs> get, get out. Do I got to add anything else? Sparky plug, come on. Uh, the, I, I, all right, I am also a sucker. Uh... My character in Troy's WWE 2K18 finishing move, Alabama Slam. <laughs> the default. <laughs> it wasn't a default. I selected it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to argue with Hardcore Holly. I think the, the Hardcore division was such a blast for that time while it lasted. And Hardcore Holly is a guy that I definitely 
associate and remember fondly with that time. And not for this list, but I refreshed my memory recently. Like a year ago, they they released that uh, Hardcore Championship, the history of it, the DVD. And uh, I rewatched like disc one on it recently. Hardcore Holly's all over that first disc. There's a lot of stuff like matches he had with Bark Gun, breaking over like a candy jar over his head. Uh, <laughs> some, some, you know, it was hardcore. I mean, it is what it was, but uh, you got to remember that silly feud he also had with Brock Lesnar, uh, his short stint with the Intercontinental Championship, um, his longevity with the company, whether it was back, you know, with him with long hair with X Pac or coming back for the ECW stuff. Either way. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because in my head I'm like, okay, he was a uh, race, what was it, race car Holly? Yeah. Bob Bastic Bob. But he was, <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, What else did he do? He did the smoking guns, mm-hmm. right? Spark E-plug. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Spark plug Bob. Yeah. You know, you know another thing that's brutal, like that you should think like with his temper he would hate if you watch, like, the match he won the Hardcore Championship the first two times he defended it, Michael Cole is burying him. <laughs> oh, it's about time he rises from the shadows of once being spark plug. Oh, Hart Bob Holly has waited a long time to have a have the right the right opportunity. And this hardcore championship is the right one for him. <laughs> and it just it's like, ooh, geez, man. How, how did I put up with this as a kid? But I don't know how you did. <laughs> I don't I don't don't know how we put up with it now, honestly. Still. We'll probably still tune in next week. <laughs> uh, number three, a guy that on almost every throwback madness we've done from this era, I've pointed out, Test. Huh. One of the most underrated of all time, I think. I, think I thought people, about him as well. He was a hardcore champion, and you do bring him up. Yeah, I, every time we see him, I'm like, he was so so much better than I remembered. He was funny. He was a big guy that was really athletic and could actually work. Uh, the the stuff with Trish I thought was great. Uh, obviously the the stuff with Stephanie uh, Test I feel like had a played a much bigger role than people remember. And another guy who was unfortunately lost way too soon. But yeah, I I, I have Test. I feel he's he's one of the more underrated guys. Well, my number three I believe you like a little bit more. You'll have higher than me. Um, <laughs> my number three is Owen Hart. <laughs> Not on my list. Wow. <laughs> Take that laugh. But <laughs> Owen, it was hard to rate Owen because he had he had a push in the mid-90s with Owen at WrestleMania 10, they, the classic steel cage match at, at SummerSlam the, the same year. But he was always above his push. He took anything you gave him and ran with it. Like, even, like, um, a couple weeks ago, I just started YouTube and random promos, and I just, I couldn't stop laughing because I just can't take him seriously because he just took whatever you told him to do and ran with it and overachieved with everything, the Blue Blazer, the whole nation thing, and then I've I've been noted for saying he's better than Brett in every way possible, <laughs> which I still do believe. I'm not changing my, my point on that. <laughs> But even, like I said, the in-ring work, and never got the world championship that he actually did deserve, even after um, the screw drop the next month at uh, DX in your house, didn't get the title shot. It was given to Ken Shamrock. So I thought that would have been a smart idea to actually get Owen the rub instead of Shamrock because of the whole screw drop thing. But Owen Hart, underrated. And even though he's passed away and people do 
you know, when somebody passes, they always, like, try to show more appreciation for somebody. I don't think he gets the appreciation that he does deserve. So Owen Hart's my number three. I look at him as one of those guys who was so bad at talking, he was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the I'll, that's why you're sitting there with a bad leg, and that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. What does that mean? <laughs> Laugh myself and a group of our friends have been saying that, have never stopped saying that for the last 22, 23 years, however long ago that was. I mean, I am not a nugget. That's I called somebody a nugget at the last Royal Rumble. Um, let's see what other one did. Oh, th- there was one, and like little throwaway lines that I always thought were funny. There was one when the nation was feuding with DX and they were having some kind of tag match and he's on the outside of the ring and he says, oh, de- Degeneration X, they're nothing but degenerates. <laughs> and I don't know why that was hilarious to me, but I've never forgot that. Uh, yeah, Owen, obviously a welcome addition to the list. I look at Owen like similar to what exactly what Alo just said. A-, a lot of times somebody passes away and you remember them way more fondly than you might have had they lived a full life. Uh, but obviously Owen deserves whatever recognition he gets thoughts from you guys yeah he was so much better than brett <laughs> way more charisma <laughs> i guess two parts one uh on the note about uh tess uh, for every throwback you always did put him over hell of a big boot for owen uh he, he was great i always do think of like after like really getting more and more invested into wrestling like that whole nugget like angle and like <laughs> that being over the top hilarious to me like as a kid like Jeez, why like to call him a nugget, man? It's because of his nose. Like, <laughs> uh, h- hilarious. Uh, in ring work still stands. It's one of those things where you talk about a lot of those pillars of the wrestling industry, and if you try to go watch some of their stuff, and I was gonna try to skip over honorable mention, but I do got some honorable mention stuff that also does factor in with that. Like you know, you pass away. There's a lot of those people that like you pass away, and you actually try to go watch some of stuff. It's like. Man, how did like the old timers or old heads like? How did they find this stuff actually entertaining? Where Bret Hart, you watch his matches and you're gonna be entertained. Yeah, I, I have two honorable mentions. Uh, Prep, your number three. My number three is X Pac. So Qu- quicker than a hiccup. For me, <laughs> I think X Pac is underrated. He just never got that world title push or the hardcore title. And him just. <laughs> Him just being aligned with people like Triple H and Shawn Michaels, a lot of people tend to forget him, but I had to put him up there. I even liked him when I was a kid when he was one, two, three kid. Yeah. I thought that I thought I always thought his gear was cool. Now mm-hmm. I look back at him like what? Oh <laughs> god, uh, the mullet, <laughs> the gear, yeah. Talk um, to him, kid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, X Pac is my number three. Yeah, he and he could cut the mustard. Um, <laughs> I, I cannot be mad at that at all. I love X-Pac. I was in a Catholic school in first grade and got suspended, which I don't even think suspension was like a thing in Catholic school <laughs> at this time in the 90s. But I told a, uh, I told a girl who was harassing me in kindergarten without fully grasping the concept of it, and I gave her the crotch chop and I said, suck it, and I thought I was X-Pac while I did it. <laughs> um I, it, when it, you say you thought you were him, do you mean like that's where you got it from, or in your mind, like I am X Pac right now? No, nah, like I just was wondering where my bandana was, and <laughs> I, I knew it was from him. And um, I remember when my dad whooped my rear end later that week, like <laughs> me explaining, "No, no, no, Dad, this guy X Pac, he does it on TV. It's not a big deal. <laughs> it's not. A, it's everybody else seems fine with it, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's pretty cool. You should you take a look at him." <laughs> 
But no, Xbox definitely deserves to be on it. Uh, there's one accolade alone that just made him slip my list. He's definitely honorable mention territory. I love Sean Waltman. Xbox is the man. Yeah, another guy who obviously student of the game, loves the business, great psychology. Um, one of the more memorable Raw matches from the early years with his upset win over Razor Ramon. Um, another guy that had a, a few different incarnations of characters. Uh, his tag team with Kane is one I remember very fondly. Uh, yeah, I always have had an appreciation for, for X-Pac over the years. Halo? No debate. Okay. Eck, uh, your number, what are we on, three? Number three, I, I, since my boy Prep wanted to bring up X-Pac, I'm going to keep it DX territory and throw <laughs> on my boy, the badass Billy So Gunn. I was right earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said he was going to be number one. I told you he was going to be number three. Um, Billy Gunn, I always thought, man, he, and I've been cited on this show, um, you know, he was verbally the lackey of Road Dog with the Outlaws. Uh, he was one of the larger athletes in DX, uh, whether it be the guys in DX, uh, the guys around him, Kevin Ash, uh, Tommy Dreamer, a lot, a lot of guys that have traveled with him, that have been in the indies with him, always put over how much of an athlete the guy was and still is. I mean, all of us have seen him live in the past two years in Philly. Uh, he still can move. He still can go. There was a lot more that WWE should have did with him, and I, I will always feel that they dropped the ball. Um, we all bring up how much I like the Dudleys. Uh, I think the Dudleys are the greatest tag team of all time, but my personal favorite tag team of all time will always be the New Age Outlaws just because of my childhood, and Billy Gunn would be a big part of the reason of it. Obviously, I wasn't being enter- entertained in the ring because of the road dog, <laughs> good friend of the show, but <laughs> Billy Gunn uh, rightfully deserves to be where he's at. Number, number one three. fan of the show. He's not He's not our friend. We're not friends <laughs> with the guy. He's just the number one fan of the show. Well, he was, you know, he asked you for a picture. At that, that true. Show, so. he, he might think we're friends. He's just the <laughs> number one fan. Um, yeah, I would have Billy on the over, on my overrated list. I never liked Billy Gunn. And your interaction with him at the first Icons we went to <laughs> definitely doesn't help him in any way. Uh, but I did. I also figured he would be on your list as well. Any other thoughts on Billy Gunn? I can't debate it because even on the mic, he never really got that chance to be on the microphone. And I'll call Billy Gunn the most forgotten king of the ring ever because <laughs> he did win the 1999 king of the ring. He beat X-Pac in the finals. But even um, I remember at 2001 king of the ring, uh, we did throwback on it. He was at WWF, the Mecca WWF New York and <laughs> didn't even get invited to the tournament. <laughs> and even after the whole DX split and Outlaw split, he got a, he won the Intercontinental title but only held it for 10 days. And then he never actually recovered from recovered in 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 the two thousand early two thousands in WWE. So I can't argue with that. Yeah. Um, that was your show guns prep. Anything <laughs> gun sh- go gun show or show mm-hmm. gun whatever. I think it's called gun show guns. Showguns. He's still humongous. Yeah. Like, when we saw him, when I met him last year, dude is ripped. Yeah, he's a Not gigantic fair. guy. He has, he has to let the hair go. Mm-hmm. But so there we, is. All right, everybody remember that when we do our overrated list, we know he better show. No, he's on my. He's he's in my top ten. Right. I don't know where he places. So you won't be there. buying the new elite that's dropping of him. No, I won't. <laughs> but you already knew that. Uh, so my number two. I know there are probably some people that have been anxiously awaiting my top two <laughs> most underrated. 
and I did not disappoint. <laughs> Number two on my list, John Cena. <laughs> Um, never give up. <laughs> yeah, he's my number two. For shoot. Yes, he's my number two. Uh, and it's not just as a joke. The reason he's number two on my list is because so many wrestling fans out there still believe the guy is not actually good. It's one thing to not like him. But to me, he's Jay number. Yeah, to me, he's number two on my most underrated list for the main reason that a lot of wrestling fans that watch week in and week out don't just not like him, aren't just not fans of him. They think he's not good, and he's one legitimately one of the absolute greatest of all time. So John Cena. If anyone has a problem, obviously you know you could you could speak to me about it. But that not is why he is my number two. I'm not hard to find. <laughs> uh, yeah, my number two most underrated. John Cena. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All uh, right. So, um, like I said, me and Eric are best friends. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my number two is Christian. Okay. Like you said, so hard to be tied, that connected to Edge, but Christian never got that vicious heel run that Edge got. Christian was all, Christian always carried over that whole Edge and Christian gimmick right. with him. He never got that vicious heel run. I think he's better in the ring than Edge. His selling is fantastic. He can do anything. We um like nobody plays a better crybaby than cry cry crybaby than Christian. Maybe other than Jericho. The matches he puts he puts on so underrated and they're not appreciated for what he is. For what he is, he got the run in TNA when he did leave WWE in 2005. He did get that world title run as Christian Cage, but never validated in WWE. He came back in 2009. He won the ECW title. You know, some guy actually count that as a world title run. I'm like, you can't, you really count that? <laughs> really? They're gonna count that. They might as well count count as NWA title run. Yeah, and then and then another thing about it, even when he did get the opportunity, I felt I actually got choked up for him in 2011 when he did win that uh that ladder match against Del Rio, but it was immediately pissed when I saw the spoilers for SmackDown the following mm-hmm. week where he dropped the title to Randy Orton because Vince panicked because SmackDown didn't have a quote-unquote top face and he gave Randy Orton the matches of his life. There no, There's no better Randy Orton matches than all the clinics he put on with Christian. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter where it's at, SmackDown or pay-per-views. No, Randy Orton never had any better matches. The work Christian did on the mic, so underrated. The peep show, everything he did was, was great. Christian, my number two. Excellent choice. You must Prep. have never saw that gold dust match. <laughs> <laughs> Prep, your number two. My number two is Luke Harper. So all time? Yeah. Who am I gonna put? Mr. Perfect? <laughs> it's on everybody else's list. I like Luke Harper there. Luke Harper is dumb over underrated. Luke I Har- agree he's underrated. I'm not gonna debate that. He is like world championship material that's just sitting there. Doing absolutely nothing, like for years. For years, I always say this. I've I've used this and line. It's not like people don't know. He's a like, better Bray Wyatt than Bray Wyatt. No, I always say this line, and I'm gonna say it again because I don't care. <laughs> they could have Bruiser Brody, and then they have the Berserker. Like they're making him the Berserker. Yeah, it's just not fair. But Luke Harper, underrated. Agreed. I I don't even have anything to add to that. I I think we kind of all feel the same way. Like he has so much more to offer. Than what he's been allowed to do, he's been kept in the background. Uh, Eck number two. Man, this is rough. I got three people 
in like a tie for one, two, like one and two. Um, yeah, I get find a coin to flip real quick. All right, I'm just gonna go with my with, with who's there first. Eck has say. handled his list like we're like it's a fantasy football draft. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm going with number two for Chris Jericho. Wow. Um, it's hard not to put him in number one. I've made this argument since like we started for number one, so I, and then I got, obviously I'm going to add someone now to my honorable mention. Uh, Chris Jericho is arguably the greatest of all time. It was all said when Ron put him at number ten. Uh, he should be in everyone's mention for the Mount Rushmore. It's not just like he should be in our mention for that. He should be in everyone's. Um, it shouldn't be smart. 2018 fans. If you're still watching wrestling and you go talk to someone that hasn't watched wrestling for eight years, 18 years, 28 years, 28 maybe exaggeration, <laughs> uh, 18 years, 20 years, eight years, five years, whatever it's been, but you shouldn't be able to walk up to someone and say Chris Jericho is the best wrestler of all time, and they look at you if they're not watching wrestling recently, they shouldn't look at you like you're nuts. But but that is the consensus with most with, with everyone. Uh, but Chris Jericho's arguably there. I mean, who else is gonna who else is gonna leave WWE and been with them for twenty years? All right, let's just to rattle off, and there may be one or two other people. And, and I'm gonna start off right now with maybe arguably the most important person on the list, Goldust. Second most important li- on the list would be Kane. I'm talking longevity. But you could put Big Show, Mark Henry, and I don't know who else in that list. So you got those four. None of these guys are going to, after 20 years, leave WWE, go to New Japan and win a championship or go to Ring of Honor and lose a champion and win a championship and make it like a huge deal. Nobody can argue that Chris Jericho winning the Intercontinental Championship in Japan isn't huge. And it's, it's not huge for him. It is huge for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he just elevated a championship and a brand. And there is not a lot of wrestlers that can do that. Uh, Chris Jericho's number two on my list. He deserves to be a number one. He deserves to be a number one on my list and everyone else's list at mm-hmm. this table. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't have any more I can add about Chris Jericho. I'm assuming nobody else can. So does that mean I'm up for my number one? I don't agree, but okay. go number one. <laughs> He's the coat. <laughs> That's why he shouldn't be on underrated list. But he is underrated. Number one. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I was oh. gonna say, should I should I play it in? <laughs> I forgot he already did, John. I think I should play it in. Uh, give me one second. I don't I don't want too much dead air. You got anything you want to add about Jericho? So there's not dead air. <laughs> He's the goat. I got something for you guys. Two questions, real quick. How do you spell Japanese in Spanish? And um, how do you spell ten in Japanese? What? How do you spell ten in Japanese? How? Okay, if you don't know the answer. So here's the second question. How do you spell goat in Japanese? How? I don't know the answer to either of these, <laughs> but think about it. <laughs> um, number one on my list. Oh, of course there's a commercial on it. <laughs> yes! I should have known. <laughs> it's the shield. <laughs> I 
I feel like the boo track should be part of it. <laughs> I wish you could have been song. there when he came out at Mania this year. <laughs> I might have been ended up getting arrested had I been there at that Man time. Prep lost. <laughs> um, My head still hurts. Again, not a whole lot I can really say about this other than the fact that nobody has been so hated, so undeservedly like this guy in almost anything I've ever watched. You know, I can't think of a character on a TV show, an athlete in any of the major sports. I can't think of anyone who has been more wrongly just hated and despised than Roman Reigns. And the guy is good. Like I've said this before, really the issue people have with Roman Reigns is WWE. It's not Roman's fault, but he takes the brunt of it. Um, the guy has put on great matches. He had a great feud with AJ Styles. He's had great matches with pretty much everybody. Um, and, yeah, a little bit it's shtick, uh, and a little bit it's kind of me giving the finger to some people. But Roman Reigns is my number one most underrated. Well, let me just go and tell you my number one. Okay. Pass, because my number one is Roman Reigns. <laughs> Listen, this is not This is not shtick. This is the real This is real life. People are going to be kicking themselves when they look back 10 years from now and thinking to themselves like, "Wow, we never gave this guy a chance and he's, he's really LeBron James arrested. great." That's like, a good comparison. <laughs> like nobody can't tell me he doesn't put on great matches. Nobody can't tell me that he doesn't have a presence about him. Like, but you guys just boom because you can like you guys suck because <laughs> he's not Kenny. <laughs> there's only one. Thing, there's only one thing he's got going against them. The champion of Japan. Yeah, what? He's never won a hardcore champion. <laughs> no, he hasn't. Um, Alo, do you got number one? Well, um, my number Mabel. <laughs> no, damn it. My number one, um, Ron. I think Ron had him at eight. My number one of all underrated of all time was William Regal. Nobody has better facials in wrestling <laughs> history than William Regal. The versatility he has as a wrestler, authority figure, and commentary. He was great on commentary early on in NXT. Um, the matches he could work almost every style. Such a great, such a great worker, and never got a world title push. I don't, and he never fit the world title um, moniker that Vince has, but. I think everything he does is so underrated and so underappreciated. William Regal is my number one, under, most underrated of all time. Yeah, Eck, your number one? Oh, number one was hard. Um, I just want to stay true to my opinion on it because I think when you bring up guys that are former WWE champions and above all else, someone that should have been a company guy, a main event guy, never really was, or maybe he was for a month. Uh, I give it to Rob. Man, <laughs> uh, Richie a year ago laughed on an unsanctioned episode about saying, "Oh, you can't put RVD in your mouth, Rushmore." Uh, Mike Day, six foot five, said that he, he did have him on his uh, Mount Rushmore. I can't remember his placement on it. RVD was great. I, I loved him from ECW. I loved him in the Invasion. He was the first person during the Invasion to get over, like legitimately get over. It didn't matter if you were a fan of ECW, WCW. If you were a WWF guy and didn't know who he was, you you became a fan of him instantly. Um, they should have put a WWE championship on him, in my opinion, before One Night Stand. Uh, I think it was about 14 years ago when he won the title. It was a great moment, and maybe for that moment it made sense, 
but there should have been more for him. He should have had more when he came back in 2013 or whatever was the recent year that he returned. RVD is number one on my list. I don't know if I agree or disagree with that. Because <laughs> he got a real big push. I think he was a six or seven-time Intercontinental Champion. The tags and title run say he had. It's kind of hard, but like I said, like I said earlier about the time difference and when he stopped wrestling to now, it's not that long. So you, it's hard to give. It's hard to sit there and say if he's underrated because I think he's appreciated, but I don't hear his name nowadays when it comes to wrestling mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, like I think if you look at what like his accomplishments, I think you look at it like, oh, this is a guy that got a lot in the wrestling business. But he's not remembered that way, I don't think. I don't think he's talked about. And he's a guy that I think... I've mentioned this on a throwback before when he had matches. He could he could work different styles. He was kind of... There was nobody else like him at the time that he came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, he didn't make my list. I don't know that I even really considered him. But I definitely see the case to be made for him to be considered underrated. I mean, to, to agree with... Uh, before prep runs mm-hmm. with it, to agree with Aaron's point, I guess this is kind of another part of my thought process. So let's say he stopped full-time wrestling, what, 2014? So he hasn't been full-time wrestling for four years now. So when you think of guys like Owen Hart, Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, Razor Ramon, guys that didn't win a world championship in WWE, but we're, we always talk about that stat, what, 10, 15 15 years after they're gone or after they're they're done in the ring. Uh, yes, Van Dam did have a one-time short run with the title, but in 10 years from now, are I do think everyone's going to sit back and be like, "Yeah, he should have had more." Yeah, and that whole, and that whole 6-year run in WWE, like Eric said in the Alliance, he was the only person that got cheered in the Alliance, but during that 6-year run, he was almost go- chasing a title every week. Yeah. Uh, Prep, any thoughts on RVD? I mean, just to not say something that everybody else said, I loved when he was like, this one spins. And he's <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite RVD lines is uh, Booker T said, I'm a five-time WCW show. He's like, oh, yeah, you listen to WCW title five times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love that feud. What was it, Judgment Day 01? What, what was the triple threat? For what? Or was that Unforgiven? When it was him, Angle, and Austin during the Invasion story. Oh, no mercy. Uh, And also, I mean, we bring it all back, talking about the World Championship and and how he chased it. Uh, Right from when he came in the company, he was chasing it during the Alliance. How how forgettable his... Forgettable and memorable. It's forgettable due to the length, but when he won it, it is a memorable moment. And also, it's almost... It's one of those things that gets tainted, like... Did he need Edge to win the title? That's something that still stings me. Like, why didn't he? Like, <laughs> he had the environment. It was an ECW arena, and he couldn't win it on his own. Like, that shouldn't have been a way it goes. Um, when he came in in the invasion, he was a phenomenal hardcore champion, a memorable hardcore champion. I'm going to stay true to the list. He's first on my list, and he's also the last hardcore champion of all time. <laughs> so, real quick, in about two or three minutes, if anybody has any honorable mentions... I'm just going to rattle mine off. Uh, Yokozuna is one of my honorable mentions. Uh, Gilberg, one of my honorable mentions. He snapped. 
And R Truth, one of my honorable mentions. Ron Killings. Uh, for me, Ken Shamrock, Al Starvin. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. And Brian Pillman. Good one. He almost made my list too. I have none. My list was set in stone. <laughs> <laughs> my man. Uh, so I was gonna put Al Starvin, but nah, I'm cool. Yeah. Um, Stephen Richards was someone I wanted to put up for in there. Uh, I think. I mean, his in-ring work really speaks for himself, and what he did with... We, we gave a lot of credit uh, on a couple of throwbacks to that right-to-censor gimmick. Um, that's something... Ivory whole, almost made his, mine. His whole, his whole character is something that is too forgotten to what it should be. Uh, multi-time hardcore champion took advantage of the 24-7 rule. I had... So, oh, we talk about it all the time. Dudley Boys, in my opinion, the greatest tag team of all time. Spike Dudley. Uh, Spike Dudley has a lot of honor, uh, a lot of huge moments. Uh, aside, obviously he's a hardcore champion. Bubba Ray won the hardcore champion, but he's former European champion. He was only one of the Dudleys to win a non-hardcore or uh, tag title. Uh, had some of those love triangle uh, moments. Another person, um, Aaron, beat me to it. I wish if I redid and paid more attention to my order, I would have had gold dust on my list. Um, definitely someone that deserves to be on everyone's list brian pillman and then i think almost everyone that passed away just because it's one of those things you almost they're not as appreciated as they were until they passed away yeah uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is eddie guerrero like right now 2018 somebody can walk up to you and say eddie guerrero is the best wrestler of all time there's no qualms about it Right. If I would have walked up to someone in 2004 when he was winning the WWE Championship, if I said, Eddie Guerrero's the greatest wrestler of all time, uh, I'd look like I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, the, it definitely changed over the years. Uh, a lot of great names. A lot of great people made lists. Our lists were all very different, which I'm happy about. Um, so I guess that is the show. Hopefully everybody enjoyed Money in the Bank. And the deciding factor is... Due to averages, and just by checking my calculations, Chris Jericho was the number one most underrated wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, if he was number one on somebody's list, or number two on somebody's mm-hmm. list, number and number ten, and number 10. I don't know if anybody anybody else got no, that number of votes. Because Raven was, what, ten and five for somebody? And I don't know if there were any other... Oh, Roman Reigns. That's <laughs> one and one. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> so, yes, hopefully everybody enjoyed Money in the Bank. Hopefully it's better than we all expected it to be. Uh, I know you'll be hearing this after it already aired. but So for Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki, for Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina, for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery. We will see you next week. By the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. This is Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls, shut the Vince McMahon. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.